You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. In today's show, we give our Texans midseason awards. And yes, it's not officially the midseason. It's one game late, but since it's the bye week, we figured this would be the perfect time to do it. We also look at the rest of the Texans' schedule and project what they could possibly do from here on out. That is an interesting conversation. Welcome aboard, everybody. Robert Land from the Houston Sports Talk podcast along with you. And my co-host, Brian Patterson from HouseofHouston.com. Thanks for diving into your best daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews. And before we get to our midseason awards, Brian, let me ask you, where would you rank the Texans in the entire NFL? The record suggests... Eh, they're a top seven team because only seven teams have at least six wins at this point of the season. Do you feel they're top seven? Because I looked at a couple of power rankings just to get a gauge of where they are. And that's kind of an interesting point of the discussion. But where is your gut feeling as to where they are? I think that we are a top 10 team um, I, at seven. That's that's a little too far. You know, you have to be realistic here with the guys that we have available that, you know, are, you know, with our injuries that we're dealing with right now. But um, I do have them in the top 10. And I'm going to put them at nine. Um, there are the other teams that are better than the Texans right now at the moment. The other eight, I would have to say the Minnesota Vikings, the Carolina Panthers, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Chargers, the Chiefs, the Patriots, the Rams, and the Saints. Although those would be very, very great battles if we had an opportunity to play those guys this season. But, uh, and we've already played the Patriots, of course, as you know. But um, I, I just really think that, you know, in terms of who, when, when we are going to be competing with them, likely, hopefully, you know, later down the line in the playoffs, if we get there, it goes to show that the NFC is just really loaded with, with talent. But I just don't know if we're going to be able to get past those teams if we do, if the Texans do get to uh, that particular point. But uh, I put them at nine. I, I think they are a very good team as it stands right now. ESPN has them in their power rankings at number 11, USA Today at number 13, NFL.com and Sports Illustrated at number 10. So, Brian, none of them have them in their top nine. So you have them a little bit higher, but close. And Football Outsiders DVOA rankings, which, you know, they take into a lot of things in account. It's just not just we're going to throw darts at the board of the eye test. Uh, They have them at number 12. Uh, they go through a lot of different stats to to figure that out. It's very interesting. Their defense is ranked number third, according to DVOA. Their special teams is ranked number four. The offense, as we know, they've got to get it in gear a little bit more. Uh, obviously, the early struggles uh, with the offense and the red zone and all that sort of stuff, it's at number 24 in the NFL. So that's kind of the general uh, feeling, the consensus around the NFL. So somewhere between number 10 and number 13 and and all of those rankings. So, you know, judge it for yourself. Let us know what you think. LockedOnTexans uh, at mail.com is the place to send it to us. Let's get to our midseason awards. And by the way, we want to hear feedback from you guys if if you disagree with what we've got. But Brian, we'll start off with this. Who did you consider for the Texans MVP? Who were your candidates for Texans MVP, most valuable player? I've got three of them. J.J. Watt, Deshaun Watson, and DeAndre Hopkins. My pick, 
DeAndre Hopkins. Where would this team be without him? He's averaging 14.2 yards per catch. He's averaging 112 yards a game, about that. And he's on pace to get 1,800 yards for the season, which by far would would shatter any uh, <laughs> career record that he has now. Uh, I believe it was a season before last where he had um, almost 1,400 yards. So um, he's on track to get to that 2,000 mark. He probably would not get there, you know, as we go through the season. It's just so hard to get that many yards. He's just an amazing player. He is the offense. He is targeted the most, and he is hard to stop. Now, a lot of people are going to be debating Antonio Brown or Julio Jones, but um, DeAndre Hopkins is in the conversation of being the best wide receiver in the NFL and deserves to be this team's MVP. Can't disagree with you. I mean, Kareem Jackson maybe deserves to be a little bit in the Texans MVP conversation because of his outstanding year, and we might circle back to him, but... Yeah, DeAndre's my guy. He's third in the league in receiving yards, second in touchdowns, third in receptions, third in total first downs, fourth in yards per game. Yeah, Deshaun's on a pace for 30 touchdowns and over 4,200 yards. But honestly, without Hopkins, Deshaun is nowhere. This guy is the offense. Nuke is the man. He's the MVP. We both agree on that. So let's move to the next one. Defensive player of the year, the candidates, I've got J.J. Watt and Kareem Jackson. Anybody else even in the conversation, Brian? Jadavian Clowney trying to stick his nose in it in the last few games, but uh, he, he had a lot of catch, catching up to do. Yeah, that's, that's the uh, only other guy that I would actually go on input into that conversation. Uh, but Jadavion, he's still, you know, and this is a contract year for him. You'd think he'd be playing uh, a lot more. Uh, to the point of where he would be looking to earn something, whether it's here with Houston or uh, somewhere else. But uh, J.J. Watt's definitely my MVP. We did not expect this. We thought it was going to be a slow ascent back to where he was. We we know he's never going to be back to when he won the back-to-back Defensive Player of the Year awards. But right now, he's pretty damn good. He's got nine sacks uh, on the season, he's tied for third. Um, he's you know trailing right behind Aaron Donald, uh, which has a little over ten. And um, uh, the guy over in Minnesota, he has eleven and a half uh, sacks uh, as well. Yeah, so. JJ's on pace for sixteen this season, which you know I would have taken every day of the week uh, before the season started. But thirty-two tackles, eleven tackles for loss, fourth in the league, four for force fumbles which leads the NFL two pass deflections 16 quarterback hits so he's just not getting sacks he's beating up the quarterback he's making it hard and Brian I mean you know it can't be said nearly loud enough nearly long enough that what J.J. Watt has done in this comeback is truly remarkable he adds another chapter in an extraordinary career he's doing again something that none of us thought he could do you know, J.J. Watt is just it's it's incredible. And I mean, after everything that happened to him the last two years and, you know, last year it was more about what he was doing off the field. And it's so good to be talking about what he's doing on the field again. Uh, just last thoughts on J.J. or uh, anybody else on the defense that y- you want to just make a brief mention of? Right now, at the moment, those two are, you know, they're popping right now. Whitney Merciless, though, he he's he's having a slow roll back to where he is. You know, he was looking good uh, last this past Sunday. So watch out for Whitney Merciless, uh, you know, for that. We're going to be talking about most improved player in a little bit. 
Um, I don't have them in there, but if he continues to play like this, he definitely should be nominated. How big is it that, like, for the first time ever, all three of the Texans' great defensive pass rushers, I mean, I don't know if you want to call Whitney great, but, I mean, they're they're all in that conversation of, hey, they're playing well. And, and, and that hasn't happened since they've been with the Texans. And that's what we were just dreaming of when you put those three guys together and, and, and what Whitney has been able to do, obviously, in, in his last couple of years, last three or four years that you know he wasn't doing early in his career. So, yeah, it, it's a big deal. We still got most improved Texan. We still got our rookie of the year. But just a quick reminder, as we always do, Tell your friends if you're enjoying the podcast. Let them know. Say, hey, these guys are doing a fantastic job. Uh, go on iTunes as well. And it just, I mean, all you got to do is take 30 seconds or a minute. Just write something nice about us on iTunes. It helps people find the show. It helps us continue to bring this. Uh, please don't assume we're going to just be doing this forever. We need your support. We absolutely need your support to continue to do this. I mean, uh, on election day, it, it's worth saying because we need it and it helps us out a ton and it keeps us doing the show. Of course, locked on Texans at mail.com. That's the place to get a hold of us if you need anything, questions or comments or whatever. And also, if you want to make a little extra money off some NFL games this Sunday or even NBA games, we got a deal for you if you go to mybookie.ag, our partners over there. Uh, because remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. And and they've been fantastic. Been in business for years. They've got great reviews. They've got an easy-to-use mobile site. And we can only recommend a service that's been good to us. That's why we urge you to make your way to, to my bookie. They've got in-game live betting, over-unders on fantasy points scored. they got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And so... That's all good. And if you're willing to deposit after 6 p.m. Central, they're going to give you an extra $25 free play on deposits over $100. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use the promo code LOCKEDON25 to activate the offer. That's LOCKEDON25. Easy to do. Visit MyBookie online today. And if you wait till 6 p.m., you get that extra $25 free play by using that promo code. Again, it's LOCKEDON25. Just wait till after dinner. Take the extra money because my bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Brian, there's an excellent battle for the Texans' most improved player between Kareem Jackson and Kendall Lamb here. And and, and really, to me, this is the hardest, I think, of the categories for us when we looked at uh, the Texans' midseason awards. Kareem's gone from a below-average player to a Pro Bowl season. Kendall Lamb went from a practice squad player who flat out shouldn't have been on an NFL roster. I mean, come on, uh, to maybe the Texans' most valuable lineman right now. And yeah, the the Texans' most valuable lines is kind of a low bar, Brian, but still, uh, yeah, that's good. So so who do you pick? That was a tough choice for me. Kareem Jackson is just going to win this. Um, and I I would say it's, it's kind of close, but uh, really with the way Kareem has been playing, uh, there's no doubt that he's the most improved player. Uh, just looking at, you know, when quarterbacks throw to him, uh, they have a 61.6 rating uh, whenever that's the lowest uh, of his career that I mean, not he didn't set this mark since 2012, which was 
his best season on record by far. He's on pace uh, to have just as good of a season as uh, 2012 with the amount of snaps that he took. He took uh, 1121, uh, 1,121 snaps back then. So uh, he uh, has really shored up his game, already has six pass breakups, um, and he is, you know, when quarterbacks are throwing to him, he's given up about 11.2 yards per game, which is still one of his lowest marks of his career. Um, yeah, he's, he's great in coverage. He's good with his run defense. Um, I, I just can't say enough about him. He is playing at elite level, uh, you know, this season uh, by far. I, I, I certainly hope that the Texans can come to terms with him. I would love to bring him back, but uh, it, it just it remains to be seen because, you know, we still got another half of the season to play. Yeah, just enjoy it, Brian. Why, why are you trying to already worried about re-signing? Let's, 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 let's enjoy something for once with the Texans. <laughs> and it's been hard to do so. <laughs> uh, well, no, it hasn't. I don't think it's been hard this year. Well, I guess it's been hard this year because people don't want to enjoy wins because it's hard to win in the NFL. Man, it's the hardest thing to do in sports. You know that. But yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, the, the, here's the deal with uh, the, this race for most improved player for the Texans. Kareem Jackson... They're using him a little bit different than they have in years past. And and we thought, I think everybody that watched the Texans thought, look, if he's playing more in the middle of the field, if he's doing more safety now, granted, he's moved over to cornerback in recent weeks, but we thought he was going to improve. We thought he could be better. You kind of always felt like this was in Kareem's DNA somewhere. What I didn't think was in anybody's DNA that wore the name Kendall Lamb on the back of their jersey that he was going to be a good player, that he could play in the NFL. I just didn't think he he, he could do it. So I'm going to eh, – maybe I'm contrarian on, with you on this one, but I'll go with Kendall Lamb here. Uh, I, I mean, I, my voice popped a little bit there because uh, I, I, I might be going through puberty or I might just be so excited because of Kendall. But Kendall Lamb has turned himself into – it's one thing if you would have you just said, well, he's on the field, you know, congratulations. We didn't think you'd be on the field. But, you know, like I said uh, – He's probably their best offensive lineman, right? I mean, he's their most valuable offensive line. I mean, I think what it, Zach, it's between what Zach Fulton and him as the Texans best offensive lineman right now. What, what do you think? I would have to say that that right side is shored up. Just look how, you know, whenever Kendall Lamb went down late in the game, how the protection deteriorated. You know, Von Miller and, and Bradley Chubb, they were they were trying to get to Deshaun and they couldn't. But as soon as uh, he exited the game and Martinez Rankin had to come out there and play right tackle, oh, it was a free-for-all. Bradley Chubb gets his first career sack. He's been trying to get to him since college. He gets Deshaun Watson. Von Miller uh, goes on and gets him, too. So, it, you know, we didn't think that this was going to happen. That's why I had Kendall Lamb on my 53 because I was for sure going to see this happen. I Well, let's say I didn't see it to this magnitude, but I knew we were going to need him because something was going to happen to Chantrell Henderson. No, I didn't expect it to be in the first game of the season, and he had to jump in there pretty fast, but this is exactly what happened. He's making the best of it, and you know all you have to do, like you just said, enjoy it, and let's just hope he's healthy You know, come uh, you know week 11 against the Redskins. All right, on three – I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you who the rookie of the year is. We're both gonna say our choice on three. Texans rookie of the year in one, two, three. Justin, Justin Reed. Reed. Oh yeah. It's there's no <laughs> doubt. It's Justin Reed. Uh in harmony. Uh how about this amazing stat for Reed, Brian? 
He's one of the best tacklers in the NFL. So far this season, 41 tackles without a miss. No misses. The next closest safety without a miss, 18 tackles. Just incredible. I mean, uh, give me give me a sentence or two on Justin Reed, and I'll, I'll go through the other rookies uh, for the Texans, but just give me a sentence or two on Justin Reed and what he's done. Keyword confidence. Each game goes out there. Uh, and is just a a guy that's you know always looking to ball hawk, always going out there uh, to try to make a play for his team. I think he's forgotten he's a rookie. Honestly, I mean he's a third round pick. I mean you expect him to perform well, but again, you know he doesn't make any excuses. He's a professional football player. That's the way he sees it. I'm pretty sure that's the way he looks at it himself. And just listen to him in interviews. I mean the guy has a lot of stuff to say. And, you know, I'm not trying to knock NFL players, but usually they don't have a lot of great things to say. I mean, there's a few players that are eloquent enough to say things. And Justin Reed is one of those guys. So uh, whenever you, you hear interviews, you know, he's always got something really cool to say. Right. That, yeah. No. I, and, and Yeah. He has been yeah. uh, un- unlike a rookie. That's I mean, just in every way yeah. possible. He's not like a rookie. Uh, the other rookies for the Texans QT. With 21 catches, 196 yards, just the four games. He also got a touchdown there. Jordan Thomas, nine catches, 127 yards. Nothing spectacular, but three TDs over the last two games. Red zone guy, maybe at least you get something like that out of him. He still has to learn how to block. Jordan Akins wasn't going to block. I was expecting a little bit more from him this year. Only nine catches, 89 yards. Uh, in 135 snaps on defense, Duke Ejiofor, who's probably my second best rookie on the Texans at this point, one sack, two pass deflections, two QB hits, seven tackles, and a fumble recovery. When he sees more time, I think we'll see more stuff from Duke. Uh, Trevor Daniel, eh, ranked 15th in net punting yards, middle of the pack. Those are the top rookies. Martinez Rankin, ugh, barf bag for him so far. Uh, but again, let's let's see him get it. Let's see him play guard. Let's see him play somewhere on the offensive line where we know he's got the talent to do that. And I think guard might be the place for him in the future. And then, um, you know, Columbi incomplete. I would just say he's the, the, the verdict on him is incomplete. So I think I covered most of the Texans rookies. You wanted to hit on least valuable Texans player. Who's your least valuable Texans player? Well, the least valuable Texas player right now. And, you know, his his value is going to increase uh, when we see him. But right now it's Deontay Foreman. You know, it just, just his ability to, to get healthy and to come out on the field and, you know, to help us win. And it's not his fault, but, you know, I, I want to, you know, take that tag uh, off of him. I had it on Senio Kelly. But you can't, you can't get on him because the guy, you, I mean, we knew this. He had an injury that takes at least a year to recover, and it's been a, it, we're, I don't even know if it's been a year since that injury. I mean, it was sort of later in the season, so I, I don't know if that's fair. I, I mean, I don't know what your criteria is. I mean, least valuable could also be the guy that's, I'm more concerned about guys that are going out there on the field and just not showing up. And I, I mean, I don't know who, who's the number one guy there. But, I mean, th- that that's a bigger concern for me if a guy's just not showing up when he's on the field. Right now, that would have been Senio Calamente, but he has seen an uptick in his performance over the past uh, couple of weeks. So, you know, you could make a case for, for Senio. But, uh, again, somebody must have, you know, given him the wake-up call because, you know, he is covering um, a bit better out there. He's, he's just not getting turned around like a turnstile uh, out there. But, uh 
you know, I would have to group him and, you know, talking about Deontay Foreman in that category. And again, maybe it's it's a little unfair. I don't know if there's any way that you could prevent that injury from happening. I mean, prevent what prevent what injury from happening? What are you talking about? The the tendon, you know, the tendon in the knee. I mean, come on. Preventing that injury. I mean, we see that injury all over sports. I mean, it happened to Kobe Bryant. That guy works as hard as anybody that we've ever seen in in, in sports history. So, uh, no. I mean, I yeah, I mean, come on. Get off of Deontay Foreman the about the injury. I mean, I I just don't think it's fair. I mean, I if I'm going to go after somebody, I'm going to go after somebody that that's on the field if I don't feel like they're working hard enough or maybe they didn't work hard enough to get back on the field I mean I haven't heard anything about him not working hard until I hear that I'm not going after the guy hey we got to talk about this Texans schedule coming up and see where they are the rest of the way before we do that just want to remind everybody that the Locked On NBA podcast with host David Locke has added Sam Amick from The Athletic and Ben Golliver of SI to their weekly lineup our Locked On NFL podcast Every week, it's ex-Texans Sage Rosenfels, ESPN's Mike Sandale, and Pro Football Focus's Mike Renner. Outstanding guest list. Also, love what they're doing on Twitter, too. We love what we're doing on Twitter, I should say. Throughout the network, follow Locked On NFL Net. That's Locked On NFL Net. You get all of the local experts in our Locked On NFL Network on one feed. Really fun feed to follow. It's amazing when all the games are going on at the same time on Sundays. Or when news is breaking. Again, it's locked on NFL net on Twitter. Just follow it on Twitter and follow us at locked on Texans. All right, Brian, let's look at this schedule because we need to see where the Texans are going to end up this season. And you start looking at the rest of the schedule, they're six and three, and I'm going through it and I'm like, well, yeah, they got a chance to win all of these games. I mean, every single one of them, they have a chance. Let's let me let me just go through them one by one. Red, at Redskins is their next game. That's the one after the bye. They're going to have two weeks to prep. That's the good news. I think the Redskins, though, pretty good team. I just I'm going to be shocked if the Texans could pull off seven in a row. I've got it as a loss. What about you? I still have it as a win. They're they're going to be challenged because they have one of the best defenses uh, in the league. They're great with their tackling. They're great in coverage. Uh, but uh, the Redskins, they're they're going to make it hard for us to get things going. But um, I think that with this offense, you know, with the way we're rolling right now at the moment, hopefully we don't see what we saw against the Broncos. But I think we can pull off the W. Okay. Well, then then we get to the next the next four games. I've got them all as W's, uh, the Titans, the Browns, the Colts, and at the Jets. The Jets look pretty crappy. The Browns look like a mess. Uh, the Titans it's and the Colts, I'm not going to say it's easy, but they're, they're home games. The good news is the Texans played all these division games on the road. Are any of those games losses for you, Brian? The Titans could be, yeah, because they were able to pull off. You know, because Cowboys, although they're not that great this season, they are a formidable team. Uh, luckily, we were able to beat them off a technicality. Luckily, the Texans, excuse me, were able to beat them off a technicality. But, uh, you know, the Jets, none of those teams uh, really scare me. But I would say the Titans, uh, because of the Bill O'Brien, Mike Vrabel, you know, battling each other on the sidelines type thing, that whole mantra um, is is something that I would like to see. And um, it's it's going to be a hard-fought game. Don't take this stuff to my bookie, but basically me and Brian are saying they're going 4-1, and one, or there's a good chance they could go 4-1 and one over these next five games. Uh, but the last two at the Eagles, I've got as a loss. 
home for the Jags, a win. That's a weird game because you don't know, like, are the Texans going to have clinched it by then? Um, you know, knock on wood that they get there. And of course, like everything's off the table. If Deshaun gets hurt, obviously that should, that just put, put that as a, in the gimme category. But I got, I got the Jags as a win. It's at home. The Jags may be folding the 10 on the season and the Eagles as a loss. So one and one, the last two games, is, is that how you feel too? Yeah. I, with the Eagles, you, even though they're four and four right now, um, I, I still think they're going to get it together. And with that game being at home, it's going to be during the holidays. It's going to be a packed stadium, a hostile environment. I, I, it's just going to be hard for us to win, you know, in that uh, type of environment. That would be great to, uh, to see, but that's going to be the one I, I really do see us going, you know, the rest of the way. Uh, you know, it would be realistic to go six and two. That's going to be a loss. And they can't go six and two. There's only seven games, Brian. What are you? Are you? Oh, wait, you're including they're, they're going to win the wild card. Is that, that what you're yeah. saying? <laughs> yeah, apparently so. Apparently so. My math is a little bit off. OK, there, so, so. so you you and I both have them going 11 and five. And I mean, if you're a Texans fan, I, I mean, honestly, listen to that. Listen to those last games. That, that That's realistic. I mean, at Redskins. Titans at home, Browns at home, Colts at home, Jags at home. Like I said, all the division games at home at the Jets. The Jets are not good right now. Uh, They've got a lot of problems. Sam Darnold's throwing interceptions left and right. Uh, The Eagles, uh, that should be a loss, you would think. It's Carson Wentz. It's, you you know, we got the Eagles in our head from last year. But the Eagles this year, they haven't been dominant. Um, So, I mean, it's not like the Texans don't have a chance in that game. But, I mean, if you're a Texans fan... You got to get excited when you look at the rest of the schedule, when you look at the rest of the season, the playoffs, that's a whole other conversation. We might, we might be talking about that down the road. Let's not put the cart in front of the horse on that. Uh, let's get there first. Uh, if you're a Texans fan, you want to make sure you, you, you don't call anything. And again, Deshaun, uh, you cross your fingers every time he suits up that nothing happens, but um, that's kind of where we are. And uh, we got more to talk about tomorrow with uh, our friend, Andy Rio, uh, we talk to him every week about what's going on in fantasy, but we talk Texans at the beginning. If you've listened to us, you know that story. Uh, we get into the Texans and sort of like his take on where they are, and maybe we'll get his midseason uh, thoughts about the Texans as well. Uh, but definitely fantasy, and and just it's a good general conversation because we get talking to him about you know just the best games of the week, and 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 he'll also kind of help you out with your fantasy team, like I said. That's the, the great thing about Andy. He's been doing that for years. LockedOnTexans.com. Read our uh, great work by all of our writers over there at HouseOfHouston.com to catch everything that Brian's doing. That's a fan side affiliate. He's been doing that for years, as well as my Houston Sports Talk podcast. If you want some more listening to and from work, uh, don't know if we're, we're gonna, what I'm going to get done this week. Uh, it's I've got a lot of other things going on, but um, there's other stuff into the archives. Go check it out. But that's all we got for our Locked On Texans for this one. It's always good to talk to you guys, and we thank you for making us a part of your week. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.